Morning Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Esther of IPA Group, bringing premier online promotion to your business. And Melanie of Stump Social Media Training, who empowers business owners to manage social media and marketing for themselves. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. We're going to have a slightly different format today, aside from the fact that you don't normally hear me starting it. Um, we're going to be doing a chat about adversity and how we can manage to push back against any problems that we experience through our business. Now, this is a topic that has been rarely discussed because it's kind of a little confronting, but everybody goes through adversity at some stage. Everybody has problems with their health, with their business, with co-workers, and it's how we manage those problems that define how we manage our business and ourselves publicly. But it's not always what happens on the outside that matters. It's how you cope with it internally. So today we're going to be doing like a little bit of an interview between myself and Esther, because we've both been in business for a number of years, and I'm sure we can bring some insights that you might find useful. And let's face it, we've both been through it, haven't we, Esther? We have. We definitely have. So... First of all, I'm going to ask you a few questions, Esther. And I suppose the most obvious bit of adversity that you've been through is in the last couple of years. Tell us, Esther, what have you been going through? Yeah, so um, at the very end of 2021, I was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, a cancer of the blood, um, and it was tumours sitting on my chest and heart. So um, started 2022, straight after Christmas, straight after the New Year holidays, I was straight into hospital. And I stayed in hospital to get my treatment. It wasn't a treatment that I could get for a few hours on a day and go back home again that afternoon. So I was in hospital for seven to 10 days at a time, not seeing my family, not seeing anybody but the nurses. And even then it was just their eyes <laughs> because of all the, the PPE that they had to wear. Um, so yeah, it was a very lonely time. Um, I tried to keep working through some of it, but let's face it, when you're going through something as severe as cancer, it is hard to keep your mind off it. And then the neuropathy set in, which is where your fingers start tingling and it's really painful to type. So that's when I really gave up um, even trying to do any semblance of work. And I'm sure what I did before that was not up to standard anyway, just with what was going on in, in my head and in my body. Right. And there was also the, the other side effects of what's referred to as chemo brain as well. Um, oh, yes. And just a general exhaustion. Um, and I remember you battling a little bit of depression as well. And Oh, yeah. And, when you don't see anybody, yeah. it's really tough. Like and your only companion is the TV which let's face it, daytime TV here in the UK is rubbish. Shocking everywhere, um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like your brain has a lot of time to think mm. um, and it's just not good time to think. So yeah, definitely my mental health took a real battering as well with it. And uh, then in the middle of my treatment, so I was getting six rounds uh, after the third one, I took uh, COVID, which you've taken as well, but I ended up in hospital with it. Not on a ventilator, thankfully, but just because of high temperatures, they wanted to be sure that it didn't 
um, take over the rest of, of my body. Uh, but it just so happened at that time you had a bit of news. Yes, I did. So I'd gone for a halfway PET scan, which is where they scan your body for um, uh, cancer. And um, I got the news that I was officially in remission. Uh, I still had to do, I think this was probably the worst part then, because I still had to do the other three rounds of chemo, knowing that I didn't have any cancer left in, in me. And that was probably the worst part, because it was just, but why? Why do I have to keep getting this in my body? Why do I have to keep going into hospital? Why do I, you know, why can't I just stop now and uh, be done with it? But uh, yeah, um, the doctors assured me that another three and I would be on a, in a better position to definitely say that it wouldn't be coming back because it's one thing for it to be gone at that point. But then there's always a chance that um, cancer can come back. And it didn't even end then, did it? Because then you had to spend many, many months in, in isolation afterwards. And then there was aches and pains in your joints and um, other... Yeah, there still are. Um, so did the neuropathy go away in the end? It did, because um, when I went back in for round four, I told them that I felt like Bambi. My legs were completely wobbly and I'd actually fallen at one point. Um in the house and uh, so they did a, other tests they sent me for an MRI they did a lovely lumbar puncture nice. on my spine yes so they just they determined that uh, it was one of the drugs in the mix that was affecting it and because of the positive outcome or is it a negative outcome from the you know <laughs> from the PET scan they were able to take that drug out and the neuropathy cleared up after a few months of not getting that so again if I'd had to go keep going with that drug I might still have the neuropathy pains and you know no feeling in your finger to it just it's pins and needles constantly and it's horrible um and yeah so I had those I have aches and pains something happened with my knee they're not sure yet to this day what it is like to this day it's been six months since I ended treatment um but the pain in my knee uh, they think it might be from the steroids that I had to be on. Uh, I lost a load of weight because you couldn't eat properly. The food tasted funny. Even water tasted horrendous. It's just, it's one of those things that you don't really appreciate what people go through until you have to go through it. But I was really lucky in that I had a team uh, behind me, not just my family and friends that were looking out for me, but I had um, my team that works with me here at IPA Group. I had people like Melanie, other friends and um, people from communities that I'm in that automatically st stepped forward and said, whatever you need, if you need me to help you with that client, with another client, with this work, the other work, I'm there for you. And I think that's what helped me get through it and keep me going as well, knowing that I would have a business to come back to at the end because it didn't stop. And um, the clients were really um, understanding as well. You know, they weren't pushing me to, you know, I need this done, I need that done, where is that? Um, they really understood when I totally forgot about meetings and I even, like I had a few meetings with clients while in the hospital and one of them didn't know until I turned on the camera. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No, 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 you rest, you go rest, this can, this can wait. And um, they were, you know, people are nice whenever 
you explain to them what you're going through. I think whenever we internalize everything and we don't speak out and we don't say what's going on, then they don't have an option or an opportunity to step forward and say, hey, don't you worry. I'll, you know, come back whenever you're better or I'll, you know, check in with you in a couple of months time. You, you might not have the client work there at the time, but it'll come back. So from this time of adversity, you found out who was really there for you. Um, yeah. And as you say, you are quite lucky in that you have an experienced team of people um, here in um in the UK and obviously over in the States as well. Um, So did you think for a second that your business would be majorly impacted by this or, you know, was there a a part of you that was nagging away going, this could end up destroying my business or did you think there was a chance that, you know, it would carry on as normal? Uh, I mean, everything goes through your head at the one time so like I'm lucky enough that I live in the UK and the government looks after Mm. us so even though I'm self-employed um I could apply for um state help and help with paying the bills and help with you know money coming in from the government each year or each month because I've been paying into the system for so long and because uh, you know they they like their citizens (laughs) um (laughs) Most of the time, don't don't quote me on that later on down the line when there's other things going wrong with the government here. But in that case, you know, I was able to apply for a lot of things. And one of the um, places that really helped me was Macmillan. Yeah, um, Macmillan nurses. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fabulous. Like I could phone this guy up day or night, and he would just be like, right, okay, and talk me through everything. It's if you're in the UK or even Ireland, you see the ads for it, you know, whatever you're going through, they're there to listen to you, to help you, you know, how do I pay the next bill? They help you with all that. They tell you what you are entitled to. It sounds really bad, but you are entitled to help no matter who you are, what you do uh, here in the UK, you're entitled, you know, the government will step up. And um, so I knew in a way that that helped me because my doctor said, you do not work for a year. You take the full year and you do not work, he says, because I was like, no, I'll keep going. I'll be all right. And he was right, because like you said, you know, chemo brain, it's just brain fog. It's horrendous. It's just you don't know what day, time, anything it is, especially when you're staring at the same four walls of a hospital room the whole time. You have the pain of the neuropathy. You have the pain of of a constant drip in your arm and a con you know there was always something attached to me and like they would test me for covid every morning at five o'clock so you'd never have the proper amount of sleep either that you would need to function um and just knowing that the government money was there and that you know it might not have covered everything but the rest of the team was keeping <clears throat> the business going and they were able to you know maybe not secure new clients but the ones that were already there had, you know, we had been going long enough as well to be able to keep the momentum going. And yeah, my team stepped up and took over a lot of the work that I would be doing. <clears throat> and uh, they just really showed their true colours during that time. 
So your way of coping was gaining a little bit of perspective on what was going on around you. You were able to, um, and you were very fortunate to have that team around you. You had the Macmillan nurses um, helping you with resources um, and explaining to your audience um, I believe you, you did a, a couple of posts and um, an email newsletter, just letting people know that this is where we're at. This is this is how you can yeah. you can contact such and such now. And it was very much putting in place um, an expectation of how it was going to work from here, so that people had the answers. You know, you were sort of ahead of the game, letting people know where to find the answers because you had already yeah. got yours. Yes, definitely. And, you know, there's there's no point in trying to struggle on when you're not in the right headspace and you're right not in the right physical space, because if you have the physical pain or mental pain, you can't serve your clients and your customers the way that you would want to, which then could negatively impact their response later down the line, you know, people sort of think I have to be strong. I have to keep going. I have to, I have to, I have to. And even at home, you know, I've got a husband, two small boys, they stepped up, you know, my, my kids now do a lot more around the house because mommy couldn't now, you know, with the knee, mommy can't still do a lot of stuff. So setting those foundations as well in place so that they'll be, you know, better human beings when they're older and better spouses to their um, future wives. So, you know, it's, it sounds really cliche, but it all happens for a reason and it all comes back into place. Now, yeah, I had crises when I was in the hospital. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to, you know, have something else. I leave IPA group for um, my husband to run and I'll go and, you know, start something else or I'll go back to work or I'll, you know, go and find something else because this doesn't, this just doesn't, um, you know, doesn't fit well with me anymore, whatever. But it's those crises that get you through as well. And you're like, no, actually, whenever I could calm down and see it from, you know, a different perspective and coming out the other end, you know, in remission, then you're sort of going, no, I do really enjoy what I was doing and I can't give it up because life's too short and you have to do what you love and you have to love what you do. And if you get paid for it as well, then that's a bonus, you know, and thankfully, like even like with recording the podcast, it kept me that wee bit saner as well. Like all I had to do was press a record button and talk. So we were far enough ahead before I got sick that I could see how, you know, when I was going to feel okay to record. Um, Melanie was able to do a couple of episodes on her own with guests. You make these things work because at the end of the day, you want them mm. to, you know, if you didn't want them to work, then they just wouldn't. But I think definitely telling people what you're going through and it, doesn't have to be as severe as cancer, but telling them what you're going through. I'm going through like, you know, I'm sick. I'm off with COVID. I am. I'm just not feeling myself. I'm going through the change. Um, I've had a um, death in the family. Telling people, people are human and they will have a human reaction to your human reactions. They don't expect you to be on 24 seven. They don't expect you to always be, you know, the strong one unless 
you perceive yourself to be that or you give out that vibe all the time. Mm. But if you are vulnerable and show yourself to be vulnerable, then they'll understand you more. Yeah, um, so my turn, I guess. Um, <laughs> so my my biggest um, and most recent uh, bout of adversity was when I lost my father last year. And it wasn't entirely unexpected. He was poorly for a couple of weeks beforehand, but we didn't realize he was that poorly. So when he passed, it was a huge shock. <laughs> we yeah. knew he wasn't well, but we didn't realize he was he was dying. And it was oh, it was massive, massive shock. And um, I'm based in the Republic of Ireland, and my family are over in um, in England, in the UK. And I was so far away. It was just the the feeling of being utterly, utterly useless. Um, leading up to him being hospitalised. And we again, we didn't know how sick he was. We just, he had a fall, he'd hurt himself. Um, and yeah, it was just really, really traumatic and extremely fast. And I spent not as long as, as poor Esther, of course, but I spent a month really just travelling to the UK and back on a regular basis. Um, and obviously I wasn't I didn't have the right mindset the right frame of mind for work and I remember letting um because I, I collaborate with a lot of people I'm very lucky in that respect and so all the people I collaborated with all the people I ran courses with um I let them know what had happened and they were massively sympathetic um mm -hmm. and just said look I'm really really sorry I I can't I just can't mentally function for a month I'd need at least a month and um, although I don't have a team um, I do have the most amazing virtual assistant um, Diana um, if you're listening to this and you better be because you're meant to listen to this podcast occasionally um, <laughs> you know you just you were just outstanding best decision I ever made was to get um, Diana onto the team and she was massively helpful to both myself and Esther as well, because when Esther went off sick, um, Diana basically held up the podcast whilst I was busy and Esther was off sick. Um, and to this day, she's still um, doing all the social media management for us. So kudos to her. But then she, st she stood up and managed Stomp for me. That month, um, she created content, um, you know, she discussed it with me. You know, she didn't just wake up one morning and just go, oh, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, and it was just so reassuring to know that somebody was watching my back whilst I was watching my mum's. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, having that security that that blanket behind me made everything else so much more manageable because you can't just take your foot off the pedal you can't no um and like yourself i i i only told very small amount of people at the time because it was just too much i didn't want to be asked you know dealing with people's questions and um 
my mental health just spiraled um, because it was mm-hmm. so, so unexpected and so quick. Um, and if it weren't for the fact that I had you, Esther, and Lucy Hall and, um, you know, Marie Manning and, and Diana, of course, and a few other people, Hannah, um, Hannah McDonnell, I, I honestly don't think I would have managed um, because I yeah. was trying to you know, manage my family like yourself. I've got two kids and a husband running my business, um, clients, collaborators, the podcast. Um, and it was the whole team being there and supporting me. But it was only because I was able to tell them. Yeah. Um, and myself and Esther, neither of us went massively public about either of these things at, at, at the time. We just weren't in the mental headspace for it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why we're exposing ourselves now isn't to get, oh, woe is you, sorry to hear all that. That's not why we're doing this. The reason why we're doing this is there is a way of coping and managing, but only if you tell the truth. Only if yeah. you open up and trust a little. You yeah. don't have to go public with it, though. No, no, you, you just don't. have to tell um, the right choice people. And whatever you're going through, if you're off sick, long term sick, or even if you're dealing with, a, a, you know, a short illness, I mean, I had COVID for um, 10 days last year, a really rough year last year. Um, yeah. uh, not quite as rough as others, but pretty rough. <laughs> um, and you know, it was, I was scheduled ahead, so I didn't need to worry about that. I had to move a few clients. Um, but if you just tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what it comes down to, you know, just being a little bit vulnerable yeah. with the right people can really restore your faith in humanity as well, because they will step up and help. I mean, that's why we are so thankful to be part of a lot of online communities and you know some of the people that stepped up to offer to help i've never met them in real life you know and that's the amazing thing that's one of the best things to have come out of you know COVID and lockdown is all these online communities and even beforehand there was you know people on twitter and facebook that you would just have been chatting to um because they're fellow business owners and they get it they know what's happening they know what needs to happen you know, and, and like, thankfully, when I got sick, I'd already done the tax return for the pre for that year. Otherwise, that would have been another stress. And how do you, you know, how do you get around that one? But all these, like I said, all things happen for a reason. And I had put it in way early when basically when the window closed, I had put in the tax return. And then hadn't remembered until this time doing it that I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't have to worry about that. It was one because I would have totally forgotten about it anyway. But you just have to be that little bit vulnerable, reach out to the people that you trust and that especially if they're in the same space as you and they can and probably will step up and help you because they know that you'll do the same for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, a bit of a sensitive topic today is it's not really about marketing per se, but it is about 
looking after yourself and your business. Um, and we hope that whatever you're going through, you can reach out to the people around you. And heck, you can reach out to myself and Esther. Um, we both have very large networks. We're bound to know somebody in your country that can can help in one way, one way or another. Um, and and please, don't be afraid to to be vulnerable, to be ready to accept help because that's the tough one as well. Yeah. Um, because everybody out there, honestly, is more rooting for you than against you more than you realize definitely so that's that's us we're all going to be all back to being the usual <laughs> bonkers <laughs> marketers next week but we just wanted you to to have some time for yourselves just this episode and we'll be back next week with more monday morning marketing until then, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.